This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Liverpool Blood Red podcast on this fine, sunny Friday in Liverpool. I'm your host today, Connor Dunn, and I'm joined by three wonderful journalists. And the first one I'm going to introduce is full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away. We haven't had that one for a while. It's Paul Gorse. How are you, Paul? Not too bad, Connor. Not too bad. Cracking on. How are you? Good. I'm very well, yeah. thank you. And to his left is Dan Kay. Dan, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Connor. Looking forward to seeing the Reds get back to winning ways tomorrow, hopefully. Absolutely. And Matt Addison, how are you? As always, yeah, very good, thank you. Good, very pleased to hear it. Well, let's crack on. It feels like a little while ago since Liverpool played Chelsea, but it did happen just three days ago this week on Tuesday night and Liverpool were dumped out of the FA Cup at the fifth round at Stamford Bridge 2-0. Paul, you were there and before we delve, or rather than delving into every nitpick about the game which we've done all week, I'm going to ask you, kind of moving that on, were there any players that perhaps fringe players that stood out to you during the game who might be in with a shout over the next few weeks? I thought Nico Williams did as well as can be expected of a 19, 20-year-old right-back who's deputising for one of the best in Europe in Trent Alexander-Arnold at the moment. Um, other than that, though, probably not, if we're honest. Minamino had a decent first half an hour and um, I think the physicality and the pace of the game kind of, you know, took, took him took him out the game almost he it, it was very limited after that <clears throat> Lallana was okay but you know what you're going to get from Adam Lallana at this stage and then other than that there's not a lot he's still concerned about Fabinho's overall form Andy Robertson was probably a little bit of disappointing but there wasn't too much in the way of uh, positives I mean Liverpool were a little bit better than they were against Watford um, a few days earlier but let's face it it'd be harder to be worse than they were if a crew with but it was another disappointing night for Liverpool, particularly second half. Um, it's a shame that Liverpool's FA Cup run is over. It's going to be 15 years now since Steven Gerrard last won it for them in Cardiff in 2006 before they get another crack at it. Um, it's a shame for Curtis Jones. I thought he's been the real success story of Liverpool's FA Cup run so far. Two goals and, and becoming the youngest captain of all time against Shrewsbury. But they've got to dust themselves off and, and go again against uh, Bournemouth and what is, let's face it, a, probably a, a very um, appetising fixture coming up against a team who they routinely beat and, and beat well. So they've got to basically do that again tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dan, Paul mentioned Minamino there um, and I thought he was quite quite bright at points. He closed down Rudiger for that chance and slipped him any with a lovely ball. But yeah, he just kind of got phased out of the game. Um, he said this morning... And there's some quotes floating around that he doesn't think it's an excuse that he's only been here for three months. He wants to show more and he wants to do more for Liverpool. And I know obviously he'll probably be next season before he really kicks on. But what did you make of him at Chelsea? And it was great to hear things like that from him this morning. Yeah, I think that's definitely the kind of attitude that you want to hear from <clears throat> from players, particularly those who are coming into the club and trying to find their feet. Um, yeah, well, I would imagine that behind the scenes, Klopp and his staff are... We'll, we'll be pleased to hear that kind of reaction from him, while at the same time probably encouraging not to not to be too hard on himself and to keep his spirits up. There's no getting away from it. It has, you know, it has been a, a kind of quite a tough baptism of fire for him. But I, th- I think certainly, as Paul said, in that first half an hour, forty five minutes or so on Tuesday night, we did start to see there's nice touches here and there, but you know, there's no getting away from it. Over the last three or four weeks, this is a Liverpool team that hasn't been functioning obviously as, as effectively and as smoothly as it has been in recent 
months. And obviously that doesn't make it any easier for a new player, not just coming into the side, but coming into a new type of football. And, you know, I don't think you can, you can overestimate, you know, the, the level of culture shock that's, that, that someone like Minamino is experiencing right from his, his debut against Everton in the third round derby, uh, the, the third round tie right at the start of January. And yeah, we, he before, he's, he's very willing, he's very eager, but it, it takes time. We, yeah, we, we saw it with Fabinho last season. It was virtually half a season before he kind of hit his straps. And obviously, as we see now, he's, he's needing a bit of time to get back to top form after his injury. So it, it's one of the frustrations that going out the FA Cup as early as we have is that it means that the likes of him, Curtis Jones and others, may well get less opportunities to get more minutes under the belt and get, the, get their game you know, up to the level that they would want it to be and that Klopp would want it to be at. But I'm not overly concerned because, um, you know, the lad's obviously a very good player and it takes time with, with these with, with these kind of players sometimes. I, I think the touches that he's shown and the little moments he's had here and there will at least have sown a seed in, in Klopp's mind that if we are in a position over the next couple of weeks when, you know, games aren't quite going our way, I'd be interested to, he hasn't, he hasn't when he's played, it's generally been from the start, he hasn't come off the bench too often. And I'm just interested to see what we might get from a little 20, 30 minute cameo from him. And it'll be interesting to see if that you know, transpires in the next few weeks. Yeah, certainly. I think you mentioned obviously Fabinho there and just moving on from him. And obviously it's all about the midfield at the minute as kind of that seems to be where the most confusion is happening. Um, is Fabinho a concern for you, Matt? Or do you think perhaps he just is one of those players who needs loads and loads of game time and he'll get back up to that level we all know he can be at? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he will get back to that top class level that we've seen. And obviously in the past, we've seen that he's taken time to adapt and taken time to to get up to speed. But yeah, it's a a crucial sort of period of the season now for Liverpool with the the form not necessarily being a a disaster or a crisis, as as some people might have you believe. But, you know, they need as as many of the top players on top form as possible. And it is it is a concern. Um, I think for me, I'd, I'd definitely play him at the weekend just to keep getting those minutes into his legs. And the more he plays, the the better he'll get. And, you know, it's easy to forget, obviously, with how fantastic Jordan Henderson's been and and how fantastic some of the other Liverpool midfielders are, just how much Fabinho does add to this team. We've seen, obviously, when he came into the the team last season, it allowed Jordan Henderson to move forward and and play, you know, probably some of the, the best football that he's played in his career. So, it's not just the impact that he has in his own position. It's that knock-on effect that that he has on other players as well. And certainly for the Atletico Madrid game, he's one that you sort of had your eye on. You know, that that's yeah. one that we really, really need to see him being at the absolute peak of his powers. And unfortunately, it doesn't quite look as though that's going to be the case just, uh, just yet, given his recent performances. But yeah, hopefully he can... Uh, step up against Bournemouth first of all and then go again on, on Wednesday night. Yeah, certainly every chance. And before we move on to Klopp's question, looking ahead to this Bournemouth game, obviously, I just want to talk about probably the attack for Liverpool, really. I know obviously the defence has been a bit of a muddle and a few goals have been conceded, but there's been such a lack of chances created and a lack of goals scored. And I think perhaps on Tuesday night, fans were reminded what life is like without Salah, Mane and Firmino all starting up front. Definitely. I think... Divock he just continues to prove why he's an impact player. If that's maybe a little bit harsh, um, it sounds strange to be overly critical of a player who was so important last season, scored some of the most iconic goals of what will probably be a generation of Liverpool supporters. But um, there's no denying that if he's not contributing those huge moments in, in big games, there's not a lot in between. It's a strange kind of contrast um, with Divock Origi um, 
thought he was particularly poor second half on uh, Tuesday night. Um, Minamino, you can kind of excuse, as we've said, they're still getting to grips with the the culture, the the strength He's and the power of the game. Not the first player to come to Liverpool do that, like you know, think Robertson and exactly, yeah, and everyone yeah. else. So, so you, you'll uh, you'll forgive him for, for you know taking a while to get up to speed. But um, Origi, um, I, I think it, I think it probably laid bare how much Liverpool need uh, top quality backup, and, and I'm sure it's something we'll discuss over and over again over the next few months as the transfer window draws ever nearer. But Liverpool do need. They've got three world-class attackers on there. Let's face it, Mane, Salah, Firmino. Time and again, they, they've shown that. Um, they, could, they, they could do with the fourth because the drop-off in quality is so big that it's, you know, they pull it out the FA Cup when they might not have been had a world-class attacker being in that front three alongside Mane on Tuesday night. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the point, isn't it? I think if Origi isn't adding those big goals, then he doesn't really provide a lot. And that's obviously so harsh, but he's given me some of the best moments yeah. of my Liverpool life. Um, but Dan, do you think Liverpool have perhaps moved on from Origi? They've kind of stepped up another level where they need to be at such a world-class level all the time that Origi maybe doesn't just quite cut it now. I think, the, I think yeah, I'd agree that there's an element of truth. So that one thing I would say about Origi is that I don't think he's helped it seems like the majority of times, certainly when he comes off the bench, he's often put in a wide position, mm-hmm. playing on the flanks. And I just don't really think that's his game, particularly on the left. Um, so, mm. you know, this, the reality is, obviously, he's not at the, the same level as the other three. But also, I don't think he's necessarily been given the right opportunity to get the best out of the attributes that he does have. And, you know, the reality is, you know, we're at the start of March. We're not bringing any other players between now and the end of the season. The reality is we are probably going to need some impact from, from Divock Origi between now and the end of May. And I hope that when the chance comes again for him, you know, some players are more suited to playing in a variety of different positions. We've seen with Salah, Mane and even Firmino sometimes that you know you can get different positives from them by pushing them wide. I just don't really think that's there with Origi. He's a big lad. He does have an eye for goal. So when he's played, to be honest, I would like to see him play more centrally. I'm not saying he's going to have the same impact as Salah or Mane or any of the others when they play up there. But I just think you've got to cut your cloth accordingly. I think he's been given ample opportunity to show what he can do on the flanks. And you know the evidence is there, not an awful lot. But that doesn't mean to say he can't offer anything. So yeah, it, it may well be the case that in the summer... It may well be that he does look to move on to further his own career. And, I, and as you say, I, I, do, I do agree with what you said there, Connor. I think certainly from the time he's come into the club, Liverpool are obviously operating in a different stratosphere now. But that doesn't mean to say you just throw the baby out with the bathwater now. We've got him. We need to get the most out of him between now and May. So I think Jurgen Klopp and, and his coaching staff just need to think a little bit more creatively about how to get the best out of the tools they've got at their disposal right now. I mean, you can you can count on one hand the amount of mistakes Jürgen Klopp has made this season, but I think certainly one on Tuesday night playing Origi on the left and Mane down the middle, it seems to take away both players' favoured positions um, and the bull really struggled. First first half an hour, they probably should have scored, shouldn't he? Particularly the one where there was three in a row where Kepa makes yeah. the, the, the triple save. But um just felt that Particularly Rigi just doesn't look right on that left. He, he seems to be better down the middle where he can cause havoc, with, you know, as he did against Everton. To, to so such a you know a fantastic effect back in December. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with Dan. I mean, it, you can't be overly critical at the moment because transfer window is not open and Liverpool will need a Rigi. But um, I just thought it was a bit of a reminder of how far Liverpool have come. 
Yeah, absolutely. And a, a last word on Origi and the kind of the struggling positions there, Matt. We've seen with Origi throughout his entire career, he is massively a confidence player. When he's going on runs, he's scoring all the time. He's like the world's greatest striker, but he's been out on this left for a few games now coming on and has not really done much. And obviously his confidence is pretty low, so he's not really performing very well. And so I feel like, you know, Klopp may have just been looking at that and thinking Origi's maybe not someone I can totally rely on 24-7 because he's is four mebs and flows. And we've said this week as well, I perhaps wouldn't be surprised if the likes of a Timo Werner came to Liverpool this summer. So that's probably twofold to you there, really. What you think about Origi and his confidence, if that is going to affect Klopp's decision-making in terms of how he goes forward and if you think someone's coming in? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's not that long ago, maybe a year, 18 months ago, that probably a lot of Liverpool fans would would have thought, you know, Origi might have left then. I think Wolves came in and, and made a bid for him even. He was the, the one that the said time. no, wasn't he? Didn't he didn't want to go, yeah. Yeah, and he obviously decided to, to stick around and didn't get loads of chances, but then it just took one or two moments. And the, I mean, obviously by the end of the season, there was a number of different goals. And as you say, he's, he sort of established himself as as a Liverpool legend almost in, in, with the goals that he scored and, and those sorts of things. So... Yeah, it, it would be easy to say now, let's write him off. You know, he's going to leave in the summer, but who knows? It could be that he pops up with a, a 95th minute winner on Saturday against Bournemouth and then another one against Atletico Madrid to keep Liverpool in the Champions League. So, you know, it, it's too soon to suggest that. But I think, yeah, to, to answer the, the second question as well, the, on the balance of probability, I think Liverpool probably are going to end up with, if not Timo Werner, then somebody else, you know, of that ilk to, to come in and with Takumi Minamino potentially to, to improve next season as well. It is looking to be the case that if a big offer comes in for Origi in the summer, I can see that, that Liverpool might take it. It's then a case of does he fancy sticking around and, and hoping to go again next season or does he want to, to go and play week in, week out, which with his, his confidence sort of, you know, when he's high, he's really, really good. Um, so you can imagine him going to let's say a Wolves or, or a team like that, maybe a Leicester somewhere, somewhere of that sort of mould. The main man and... Yeah, yeah. Be, being the main man, playing as a number nine in his favourite position and look, you can, can see him doing quite well there. So whatever he chooses to, to do in the summer, whatever the club choose to do, he's already written himself into to Liverpool fans' minds, that is yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on slightly, but still almost there where we are. Um, another player who played against Chelsea was Adrian. Um, we weren't really expecting to see Adrian much more this season no. until Klopp confirmed today that Alisson is out for tomorrow against Bournemouth. He is out for Atletico and he's probably out for the derby. Gorsty. Yeah, come as a big surprise to, to everyone in, in the press conference today and um, it was almost one of their moments when Klopp just said, Ali, Ali's injured and, and everyone sort of took a double take everyone stopped typing and, th and thought did we hear that right is, did he mean Allison? is Allison injured and it turns out he is he suffered a hip injury so he's going to miss tomorrow he's going to miss Atletico Madrid probably going to miss the derby and then we'll we'll see how he's shaping up after the international break and just added to what has been a really strange season of, of ups and downs for this goalkeeper he got injured in the first half of the season first half of the first game calf injury kept him out for 11 games I think Liverpool in his absence won the lot. He comes back into the team against Manchester United. They dropped two points, which were the only two points he dropped until last Saturday. Um, he re-establishes himself as a, you know the the world's best goalkeeper for me. Um, absolute phenomenon between the sticks. Gets sent off against Brighton. <laughs> uh, Adrian comes in. Liverpool absolutely hammer Everton out of sight. 
Uh, Adrian uh, Allison's back in again, shows himself up to be a superb goalkeeper. And now he's going to miss uh, what is going to be a huge week of football for Liverpool. So, been a strange season for him, um, a massive miss, no doubt. Adrian has to step up. Um, you'd expect him to be comfortable enough tomorrow against Bournemouth, but that game on Wednesday against Atletico Madrid is huge. He made two great saves on Tuesday night, to be fair to him, against Chelsea, but he was responsible for the, for the first goal. So it's a, a huge week for him. Yeah, it's massive, obviously, isn't it, Dan? And I was just going to ask there, really, how big a miss is Alisson going to be? Because as Gorsi's pointed out, before that Chelsea FA Cup game, they'd won every single game of mm. Adrian in goal. Well, I think he's, if not the best goalkeeper in the world, then in the very, very top echelon, the very, very top bracket. So I think any team would miss him. Yeah. I think Adrian is probably as good a backup as you can get, you know, realistically. Um, you know, when you've got a goalkeeper as good as Alisson, to attract somebody to be his understudy that knows they're not going to play too often. You know, you, you, you're not going to get... It, it, it is going to be a drop-down. Mm. Um, but, I, you know, I think what... Like Gorsi said, everyone was shocked when they heard the news. I don't think, you know, sometimes you get little whispers, don't you, that something might be in the offing. It seems yeah. to kind of take everybody on the hop, that one. And obviously, bearing in mind, you know, this, you know the, the way the last couple of weeks have gone, um, in terms of finally losing a couple of games, and everyone obviously is really identifying this week as being really kind of pivotal in terms of how the rest of Liverpool season is 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 going to play out. I, you know, I think I've, we'll all have seen people's heads falling off on social media and so on. But I think you know, we we need to show our support to, to Adrian. Um, right, he's, he's, he's not Alisson, he's not Levy Ashin, he's not Gordon Banks, <laughs> he's not the greatest goalkeeper in the history of the world. But he's already helped win one trophy for Liverpool on his debut. Um against Chelsea in the Super Cup. Penalty here, eh? Helps us to two big wins against Everton, uh, both in the league, and he kept a clean sheet and played really well in the FA Cup mm-hmm. time. He made some really important saves in that first half when Everton were on top. Yeah, yeah, he, he should have done better for that first goal uh, from Willian on Tuesday night. Of course he should. And it, you know, it, it was very unfortunate because the save before, 15 yeah, yeah. seconds before, was unbelievable. Yeah, you double know, really save. strong hand. Mm. You could also make a case to say that, you know, if, I, if, if Alisson's in goal, maybe the second goal from Boss Barkley doesn't come in. It doesn't go in. Well, there's only been one player to score outside the box since Alisson, yeah. and that's Lionel Messi. So, you know, and it, right, yeah. mm. in terms of his positioning and stuff, I think you know, I was reading and listening to a few things afterwards where he was kind of complaining after the goal, adding that he was unsighted. But that was probably because, you know, Van Dyke and Alisson seem to have such an understanding where Van Dyke can kind of block off one half of the goal, knowing that knowing that Alisson's got the other. And kind of, I think in this particular case, Adrian was a bit too close behind Van Dyke, and that's why he was kind of like on the wrong foot to get back across to it. So, yeah, it wasn't his finest hour, but he's an experienced goalkeeper in his early 30s. And I think he will be relishing the opportunity, not just to play a part in really big games for Liverpool, but also to put right what happened on Tuesday. So I really hope he gets a big cheer from the cop tomorrow and everyone gets behind him. And don't yeah. start get, you know, giving all nervy little shouts if he's, you know, if he delays slightly long on the ball, which which to be fair, Alisson does a couple of times. He did a couple of times early on on Saturday at Watford. That's the other thing. Alisson obviously offers you that passing range is something else. Yeah, well, Adrian's not going to have that. You know, obviously Alisson's produced a number of top quality assists uh, for Liverpool. So this, you know, I'm not going to say I, I wouldn't have thought it would lead to a, 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 a massive change of approach in Liverpool, but it. The reality is they are two different goalkeepers. So whether that means we play out from the back slightly less, and obviously the first goal on Tuesday night came when we were 
having just made a great save early in the game, sometimes there's a school of thought to say, just get just get off the pitch a little bit. Just go along for, for a couple of minutes, particularly when a game is still settling down, you're away from home. So the, I'm sure these will all be discussions that Klopp and John Akterberg and, and all this staff will be having. Um, but yeah, it's not ideal. No one's doing some of the sort of stuff out that Alisson's out, but Adrian is a capable deputy. And like, like I say, I think he'll be chomping at the bit tomorrow to hopefully get a clean sheet under his belt and then send us into Wednesday with a bit of a bounce. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I think he'll certainly be looking to prove exactly what he can do as he's already done this season. And again, I expect him absolutely to put that mistake behind him he seems like a really big character in the dressing room he went to bed with the super cup trophy that night after so um i fully expect him to be firing and and ready um how do you think he's going to approach the game just as normal yeah i think to be honest i think saturday's fairly important for the whole liverpool team looking ahead to wednesday but particularly for adrian if he can keep a clean sheet you know show some some good sort of basic skills and not make any errors I think that will set him up really nicely and and not just him as well but the, as Dan says you know the crowd have got to get behind him and I think if uh, if he was to make an error or two against Bournemouth that would then maybe put not just him but put the Anfield crowd in, in the wrong mindset as well looking ahead to Wednesday so I think it's important for the, the team as a whole but for, particularly for, for somebody coming into the side knowing that they're going to be in now for probably the next three, four games before the international break. And I know where uh, Alisson's been left out of the, the Brazil squad for the upcoming international fixtures. So it's it's looking like he's going to be out for a sustained period of time. And hopefully Adrian can get off on the right foot and, and hopefully uh, build some form ahead of what is Liverpool's biggest game of the season to come next week. Yeah. Do you think it's time now for with a team like Bournemouth coming to Anfield, someone some like Virgil van Dijk to step up? Obviously he's been not, not at his finest form the last couple of weeks and he could really take charge of that back line and really help Adrian out tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, he, he'll do that anyway, won't he? That's almost his natural game. You've seen him on Tuesday night almost playing Nico Williams' game for him. Yeah. He, he was telling them when to drop drop off and when to get forward. Um, quite very obviously as well, by the way. He, he was almost pointing at him and ushering him with, with gestures and whatever. And that's just the, the way he is at the back, a leader, isn't he? Leader all over the pitch. At a time when Liverpool uh, are missing a few, let's be honest, Milner's only just come back and Henderson's still out injured. So uh, he'll be he'll be vital, I'd, I'd suggest, tomorrow, um, particularly if there are any nerves from the stands with Adrian filling for for Alisson. Um, I don't anticipate too many problems tomorrow in, in that regard. Um, it's just going to be Wednesday night that, that could be the, the the big issue. But I think, I think to a man, Liverpool will kind of raise their game on Wednesday. It's a case of whether or not um, they... Bounce back tomorrow. Um, you'd expect them to, but it's not. It's not something you can say on and off when it's a fairly low-profile early kickoff against Bournemouth at home. Um, so Liverpool have got to be right at it from the from the first whistle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just moving slightly forward, but something Klopp said in his press conference today, Dan, that it looks like Jordan Henderson could be back for Atletico. Um, I know it's obviously not Bournemouth, and that's moving on a touch, but that's massive news. Huge. I mean, it's often the case that sometimes you don't appreciate what you've got until you haven't got it anymore. Yeah. And I think a few people have been saying that, you know, the, his absence has certainly done his claims for PFA Football of the Year. No harm at all. I think it's worth mentioning as well that, you know, it, and I think we had a piece a couple a day or so ago. It's kind of almost gone on the radar, radar the bit that we haven't just been missing Henderson, we've, we've been missing Milner. 
Now, I know they've still been around the club, around the training ground, around the dressing room, but having at least one of them on, the, it's probably, it'd be interesting if, to actually crunch the numbers and see how many times, how many games Liverpool have played in recent times without at least one mm. of them on the pitch. Especially with the way both demand 100% from everyone yeah. else if they're given it. You know, like Gorsty said, you know, Van Dyke is a leader. I think one of the great things about this team is that there's leaders all over the pitch. Alison Becker, Andy Robertson, Sadio Mane, Mo Salah. This is, I think this has been one of the, the absolute cornerstones of Liverpool's success. But those two in particular, they, they've, they've got, as well as being natural leaders, they're very vocal, they're natural captains as well in terms of the pointing and shouting and organising and, you know, occasionally chastising and, and, and chiding. So it, it has been an enormous miss. I think when he went off, because it, it, it was the game in Madrid when yeah. it, it halfway through the second half, wasn't it? When, when his hamstring went, and I think we all said and hoped at the time. Well, obviously the way the league was going at, 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 then, and the uh, listen, the way it still is, we still only need four wins. Let's get him back for that second leg. I, th- I think Klopp's press conference on Monday before the Chelsea game, he said that uh, Henderson was running again, and I very much took that to mean well. Hopefully, that means I, I would never have expected him to play. Tomorrow, maybe possibly on the bench to get a, a twenty-minute run out, but I just think, particularly as well, obviously with the loss of Allison now, having him on the team sheet will, I think, on, on Wednesday night will give everybody concerned with Liverpool an enormous boost, and also as well for Atletico, who obviously will have seen the news today about Allison, and will be thinking, well, that's obviously place work to, to our advantage. If they see Henderson out there as well, they will. Realise that um, that that is that is a big boost for Liverpool. So, yeah, fingers crossed. He has another couple, another good couple of days in rest and rehab. And you imagine him more than anyone will be absolutely raring to go on Wednesday and hopefully to, to you know overturn it and, and send us into the quarterfinals. Yeah, that's it. Absolutely. I think obviously Simeone probably be using Allison in his dressing room to be like, look, you can probably shoot on site here, although they don't score that many goals. Maybe, but we'll come on to Affleck, I'm sure, in much more detail on Monday. Um, Obviously, in the last couple of games where Liverpool have lost, Watford and Chelsea, there's been some problems, really. You can kind of forgive the loss away to Atletico Madrid. They're a really good unit, a defensive. They're set up to play like that and don't lose many games at home. I think you said in one of the podcasts we've done recently, they've never lost a Champions League knockouts high yeah, at home at stadium. Home, yeah. So, I mean, that's by the by. But the way Watford happened and Chelsea not a great deal better... I thought what was interesting that Klopp said today that they had two big team meetings after those games to kind of get them back on the winning track. What sort of mentality do you think that shows? Yeah, I think it can only be a good thing that, that players are sort of deciding. I don't know whether it was Jurgen Klopp's idea or, or whether it was the players themselves who sort of took it upon themselves to to make sure that, that those conversations were had. But look, when things are, are not going right, and I, I don't think there's, you know, there's, no, there's not too much concern given what Liverpool have done so far this season but obviously with uh, big games coming up they had to take responsibility and say look individually and collectively it's not been at the same level obviously everyone can see that um, and so something had to change so the first step to, towards making that better is identifying what your mistakes are as a group and I think the fact that they've been able to have those discussions and also the fact that Jurgen Klopp was comfortable to to come out and say that they've had those discussions he's not hiding behind you know injuries or, or any other factors that that might have played a role it's just a case of accepting and, and moving on and saying look it's it's not gone as well as possible but Liverpool are, are still in a great position and look this time next week this blip or, or crisis or whatever word you want to use might be well forgotten um, and hopefully the result of, of those two meetings will be exactly that. Yeah, for sure. And he, he also said as part of that spiel, Klopp, that 
it's time for Liverpool to... But they never took it for granted, the fact that they were winning all these games, creating all these opportunities. So they don't, still don't take it for granted now. So they're going to work really hard to get them back. And in a lot of ways, do you think, Gorsi, that Bournemouth perhaps presents a perfect opportunity for Liverpool here? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Klopp would never publicly say it, but this is a team who, in the last five games, they've won. They beat them 17-0 on aggregate. Um, <clears throat> Bournemouth have never... I mean, they, they won... When was it? 2016, they won 4-3 at, at the, the Vitality and they've never won at Anfield. Um, so yeah, it, it's an ideal team, a team who think I've lost six of the last seven away games. Team who never really face any massive recriminations if they are battered by one of the top sides. Um, it's about as comfortable a fixture as, as you could get at, at this time for Liverpool, so they have to make sure that counts. And in the, in the, the uh, written press briefing that, that we get with Jürgen Klopp after the press conference, he said to uh, said to us, um, "We respect Bournemouth, absolutely respect them one hundred percent. But this game is for us." And it was almost like he knows that Liverpool have got to go out and put on a show and then make sure that there's no messing tomorrow and three points are in the bag to take it to within three wins of, of a first Premier League title. Yeah, if you could hand pick a team from mm. the Premier League to play this weekend amidst this little run, it would be Bournemouth, wouldn't it? Really? Yeah, undoubtedly. Yeah, as I say, it speaks for itself. Last five games have either been four 0 or three 0 so. Same again, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Bournemouth aren't really a team that are set up to dig in, sit deep, and they obviously will hit you on the counter. I think Klopp named Harry Wilson, didn't he? Okay. He, 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 he said the front three, yeah. yeah. Harry Wilson's ineligible, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they still have the likes of Josh King yeah. and whoever else who are quick and like to hit teams on the counter. But Bournemouth will play in a, in a kind of way that leaves space for Liverpool to exploit. And I think they're going to take full advantage of that, surely. Yeah, we would hope so. But they got a draw at Anfield a couple, was it was about eight 2017, yeah. I actually missed that. I was in Italy that week. But, but generally, they are a team that, that Liverpool do, you know, do dispatch without too much difficulty. There is, yeah, and we've we've talked about it this week, and I think we've done a couple of pieces on it. There is an irony that this the 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 corresponding fixture last season came towards the end yeah. of Liverpool's little rut of form, and even though on the I think it was this, it was a Saturday three o'clock rather than a Saturday twelve thirty, but I do remember in the build up to the games from the fan group spine cop nineteen oh six and so on were very much making the point. Come on, let's get in, let's really get behind these lads and show you know show them what we think of them, show that we're, show that we're standing. Get the banners, get the flags, get in early, yeah. And I think, you know, I think Gorsi used the the expression just before, you know, relatively mundane fixture against Bournemouth. I think ordinarily it would be like that. I don't expect Anfield to be like that tomorrow because of what's happened in the last couple of weeks, because of what's happened today with the news about Alisson. You know, we have to make sure, and and I think every, every person going into that ground tomorrow needs to make sure that they've, that they've got the singing boots on, that they're, that they're prepared to absorb whatever little setbacks might happen in the game and absolutely show their appreciation for this team that over, and it's not just this season, over really the last two and a half years mm. have, has taken us on this most amazing of journeys. There's always going to be a bump in the road and obviously we've had a couple of them recently, but this team absolutely deserves our support and I think <laughs> they, seem, they seem quite a nice club born with. I think this really is the first time since they've been up that they've ever really even Struggling. been in any yeah. rele- relegation trouble. They've usually been fairly safe. But... Um, you know, I, I, I don't want Liverpool to show any mercy tomorrow. Go for the kill from the start. Get a couple of early goals and keep your foot on the pedal. And I think, a, you know, a, a nice big win, I think, would really just get everybody's shoulders back and yeah. just get that feeling of forward momentum because, you know, it's been such a phenomenal season. And I think it's really important that we, that it's not allowed to drift towards a conclusion. And you can tell just from looking at, looking at Klopp during his press conference today and all the other noises coming out of the camp that, 
obviously they're disappointed and upset with what's happened in the last couple of weeks. But this team, this this team, this squad has shown the type of mentality, not just this season, but over, like I say, over the last two and a half years, really, that they're adaptable. They can react to situations and find a solution. And I fully expect them to do the same over the next few weeks. Yeah, certainly. Do you, how big a part do you think an Anfield crowd could play tomorrow, Matt? Yeah, I think it's going to be massively important. It always is. And Jurgen Klopp wants it to be a European atmosphere for every single game. And I, I don't think that's realistic in the slightest. And I think my my concern tomorrow would be that it's a 12.30 game. And traditionally those are quite quiet at Anfield. But as Dan says, you know, the fans have got to, to recognise the role that they can play. Game, recognise game. <laughs> yeah, and, and very much sort of get behind the players. And I think speaking to a, one of the, the Bournemouth Echo reporters a, a couple of days ago for a different uh, Blood Red podcast, um, he said that I think it was, it's been about two years since Bournemouth came from behind to win. So if Liverpool can get an early goal, get themselves in front, you know, that will obviously get the crowd up but it will also put those Bournemouth players right on the back foot. And hopefully Liverpool can sort of keep a clean sheet, I think is, is massively important, but hopefully get one or two goals as well. And look, the, the crowd will play a part, but it's up to the players as much as it is up to the, the crowd to, to make sure that that atmosphere is up there and an early goal or, or certainly a high tempo start would you know, go a, a long way towards achieving that. Yeah, it certainly feels like a game Liverpool could use to go on to boost themselves into the next rest of this season. Um, I think now is probably a good opportunity to do a team selection. We're talking about scoring goals. We're talking about keeping clean sheets. The team is going to be pretty all important. I think there might be one or two interesting selection poses, shall we say. Obviously, we know who's going to be starting in goal. And that is Adrian, because there is no choice unless we're playing Andy Logan. Andy Lonergan, yeah. John Atterberg. Yeah. 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 Who's going to be on the bench? Lonergan. Yeah. 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 Big um, Theo Squire's dream wish could come true. Yeah, it's a good job they got him in, really, because I don't know if it would be, be Yaros. Yaros, yeah. Yeah, yeah so you'd, ex- you'd expect Alexander-Arnold to return at right back, and then it's probably as you were from Tuesday, Robertson on the left, Van Dijk and Gomez. Do you think there's back. no chance Robertson's rested? And get, For Milner? cross my mm. man, just to give Milner some minutes, because I expect Milner to start on Wednesday. I do. Yeah. But I think Klopp would like to get him some minutes tomorrow so whether that's a left back or midfield it's an interesting one isn't it yeah I, I just think you lose so much don't you when Andy Robertson isn't isn't motoring down that left side and there's four days isn't there till, till yeah, to go. yeah. Um, I, I think it'll be Robertson personally so do I I was just putting yeah. the question yeah. to you <laughs> yeah I mean yeah, I, I can see the, the claims for Mulner but I, I think it'll be Robertson yeah, I, th- I think it'll be Robertson to start, but maybe the, the plan could be give him 65-70 and then give him the last 20 minutes off with, with one eye on Wednesday. you the same agreement with yeah, that? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go with Robbo. I mean, it, it, you know, the, the Chelsea game was Tuesday. There's, you know, like I say, four days till, till Wednesday. Uh, you know, they have had a rest. I mean, obviously it's been discussed to the nth degree. Has the midwinter break thrown Liverpool off track? And I don't think it has, but sometimes, you know, we might not actually see the benefit of this midwinter break until... April and May and obviously that's why this period is so important now to make sure that there's still big stuff to play for in April mm. and May but yeah I don't really think tiredness and fatigue should be too much of an issue now because they have had a bit of a rest Robbo didn't even go far did he just went up to St Andrews and played a bit of golf so I think he should be more than capable of handling three games in eight days so yeah Robbo, Robbo went at left back for me yeah fair enough it wouldn't surprise me at all if it were comfortable if he comes off with 20-25 to go those give yeah. him some time and give him a little bit of a rest obviously he has played every single minute for Liverpool and he said important Nation League games to Scotland and more coming up so 
he will need some time off at some point. But I don't think it is against Bournemouth with Atletico coming up for definite. Anyway, moving on to the midfield. Um, I am going to go with a different formation, but we'll come on to that in a minute. I assume people are going with threes. Uh, I always stick to me 4-3-3, don't I? Me, me tried and trusted. I think Fabinho will start again. Klopp is talking about him needing rhythm. After the Chelsea defeats, he's really been quite off his game in, in recent weeks. Um, hopefully he can snap out of that starting with Saturday. He started six of the last eight, so Klopp obviously clearly believes that just keeping him in the team is the way for him to play out of this current malaise that he's that he's involved in since he's come back from that ankle injury. So I, I'm keeping him in there. Um, Oxlade-Chamberlain and Gini Wijnaldum. Yeah, in, in a three with yeah. Ox. Yeah. yeah, okay. And you, Dan? Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think I do largely agree about F- Fabinho. Obviously, he clearly needs games. At the minute, he looks a bit like the Fabinho of the first half of last season. Yeah. And it was only that repetition of play and kind of got him up to speed. The one kind of doubt, I, you know, or, or just makes me question it a touch is the fact that because it's the likes of Bournemouth who are, you know, we're, we're like to have a lot of the ball. You know, his his role largely is that of a midfield destroyer. Yeah. It's not the necessarily the natural kind of game for him. And I think in a, in a different alter, you know, parallel universe, you, you'd probably be quite happy to rest him for this game. However, the fact because he needs to find this form I and mean, because he does feel like arguably potentially one of the most important players on the pitch against Atletico, I think, yeah, I'd throw, I'd throw him in for the start. Um, I'd also go for um, Chamberlain. Uh, to give us that attacking thrust from midfield. And I think I'd go for Milner. If, if I'm playing Robertson left-back, I'm putting Milner on for an hour it's just to get some minutes in his legs, give Ginny a little bit of a rest. Um, so, yeah, that would be my three. Yeah, completely agree with Dan. I think 100% Fabinho has to play for, for rhythm and for minutes. When Aldum can have a rest, give Milner some more minutes and then I think Chamberlain. Um, obviously, Naby Keita's been fantastic against Bournemouth in the past, but I think Chamberlain is uh, definitely... Uh, in need of a goal, really, and in, in sort of, he's not been in the best of form. But I think against Bournemouth is probably a team where you can see him having some success. Yeah, um, I'm agreeing. Obviously, with Fabinho needing minutes, I think he carries on playing. I think he might need a little bit of a help in my midfield too. Um, I'm going to put him in with Milner. I think him and Milner sitting in a number six each position will give Liverpool enough of a really solid back four with Robertson there. Um, I'm just going to go a little bit more attacking against Bournemouth. This, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it's what I'd personally like to see just because I don't think anyone's going to expect a 4-2-3-1, but that is what I'm going for with Milner and Henderson sitting there and we'll come on to my three and my one in a minute, but who are your top three? Well, I would have picked Divock seven days ago, but now Liverpool need, need a victory and he didn't really do much for me on Tuesday, so I'm just going to stick with the tried and trusted um, Salah, Mane, Firmino. Boring, I know, but there we go. Yeah, usual suspects for me. Yeah, I think it's got to be, especially with uh, two of them sitting out on Tuesday. Yeah, so all three are coming in for me, but I'm actually, I'm going to play Origi and, and in, in the one. For me, no. Yeah, just, just behind him. Yeah. Um, I think that gives Liverpool a totally different threat with how big Origi is in the box compared to the others. He's obviously decent in the air. He loves to get through that middle. And I think giving him one more chance in that sort of formation against a team like Bournemouth might be ideal but we shall see my dream is not going to come true and I'm sure one of yours is but hey give me a prediction Paul Gorst 3-0 and how do you expect that 3-0 to go just flat out from the minute go two goals in the first half one goal in the second cheers for coming see you later yeah I think 
I think they will try and and basically blitz Bournemouth from early on. It's a question of how can they stand up to that. It's, it's a big ask, isn't it, for Steve Cook and the likes. Um, I think a couple of early goals will settle the nerves and then a third might just open up late on. 4-0 for me. Early goal. Everyone will sit back and think, oh, this is easy now. Then we'll flat for 20 minutes. Bournemouth will have a couple of chances. Everyone will get all tetchy and narky. <laughs> then we'll get, hopefully, a second one just before half-time and then the second half will be a procession. I'm going to go 3-1. I think Bournemouth might Ooh. score. Not going to get that clean sheet, I don't think. But I think it will be fairly comfortable. I think Liverpool will be maybe a couple of goals up at half-time and then we will see where it goes from there. Yeah, I'm certainly in agreement there's going to be goals. I think Van Dijk and Co will be desperate for a clean sheet after how yep. many they've let in in recent times so I think he'll be bang at it I'm going to say 3-0 as well and I think they're going to be all in the first half <laughs> an exciting first 45 um, anyway thank you very much for listening we will be back on Monday to discuss a Bournemouth win hopefully and the Atletico match on Wednesday thank you and good night you've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo